Hello, hello, everybody. Um, checking in here from Arizona. And yes, we are not currently live. I am recording the Parsha share for this week uh, for everybody to listen to. Hope everyone's doing well. Miss you guys all heaps. And this week, we are transitioning from talking about the Avos in Sefer Bereshis, and now we're transitioning into Sefer Shamos. And Sefer Shamos is all about the Bnei Yisrael, the Jewish people. Um, at the core of it, we, we're going to get into the middle partios, which talk about the receiving of the Torah, what the Jewish people are all about, and then outro, uh, which is going to be preparing a home for Hashem, the Mishkan. In this week's Parsha, we get into the Bnei Yisrael. Um, they're beginning to get worked by Paro. And we need Moshe Rabbeinu Hashem selects Moshe to be the leader of the Jewish people to take us out of uh, out of the gullus that we that we were in. Um, and I want to get a little bit into what goes into Hashem choosing a great leader. What gives a person leadership qualities, but also what should a person be focusing in general in his avodas Hashem? Should he be focusing on the big things in his avodas Hashem or on the little minutia? The small, tiny little details like how he says Asher Yatzer and ties his shoes. Uh, or should he focus more on the big things where he's going, yeshiva, how many hours he learns a day, etc., etc. Uh, so we're going to begin with source number one. I am going to attach the source sheet uh, in in the, fi- in the WhatsApp group over here. Uh, if you do not get the source sheet, feel free to message me at plus six one four six eight eight six four three. On WhatsApp, or you can email me at ezbalsam5 at gmail.com. I'll send it over to you. So, source number one, page number one, we have the Medrash Rabbah, uh, Perak Bays, Umaisha Haya Roa, that the Pasuk describes Moshe as being a Roa, being a shepherd. Now, a shepherd back in the day was literally the most basic job that a person can do. Like, he, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't even a kindergarten teacher, right? not even preschool, right? Roa is your shepherding sheep. You're just out watching sheep all day. Uh, so that's what Moshe would do. He would watch sheep all day. Uh, in a, so it says So it says the Medjish Rabbah, Why, why is this significant? The Pusuk's highlighting that Moshe was the shepherd. So it says the Medjish Hashem does not give greatness to a person until... He checks him out with something small. So CEO of a company is checking somebody new in on the job. He's not going to all of a sudden start giving him the million-dollar deals and giving him autonomy over the business deal. No, he starts him off small. That's what Hashem was doing to Moshe Rabbeinu. He was starting him off small. I want to see how you're going to act to these sheep who aren't even people if you cheat them with kindness patience, and love, and care. Only afterwards does Hashem choose a person to reach real heights, real greatness. There were two gedolim, Shabbatakon, HaKadosh Baruch Hu where Hashem first checked them out with something small, and once they were fine to be trusted, the hell on the gedula, then Hashem brought them up to true greatness. Who were these two people? Hashem checked out David Amalach. Batson, he was also a shepherd. What did David Amalach do? He only led the sheep to pasture in areas that, uh, in areas in the desert. Even though the desert, what do you mean, much less is growing there? You only get whatever wild crop is growing. 
Um, but no, David Melech wanted to be marchik them from Gezel. It takes a lot more work to take them out to the Midbar. There's a lot less food for them to eat. Nevertheless, David Melech was matriach himself. He brought himself out of his way because he did not want to steal. Armelech HaKadosh Baruch Hashem says, Wow, if I could see, wow, you are trusted to watch my sheep. Go, come here and shepherd my sheep. You are the man that I want for the job. Same thing with Moshe. We find that it's, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, he's leading this, the zone into the Midbar. Why into the Midbar? Why off into the desert? Let them pasture right there, right along the town in the suburbs. Lahotzi. Uh, Hashem, uh, sorry, Moshe Rabbeinu was leading them away in order to be to uh, remove them from stealing other people's crop. And that is why Hashem chose Moshe Rabbeinu to shepherd his people, the Bnei Yisrael. So we find that Moshe Rabbeinu is chosen to lead the Jewish people. Why? Not because of anything amazing that he did, uh, but specifically because he had this quality of having absolute care for the sheep that he was shepherd. He also uh, was not just thinking about himself. He was thinking about how his shepherding is going to be affecting other people. He was uh, His sensitivity and his empathy for others uh, was incredible, and he'd, um, he'd be matrich himself. He would uh, task himself to bring the sheep out of the town all the way for that, and that was Moshe Rabbeinu and why he was chosen according to the Medrash Rabbah. So when it says Moshe Hayaroa, that Moshe was a shepherd, that's not just some like, you know, side description of Moshe so that we can build an image in our head. No, 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 no. This is the quality why Hashem chose Moshe. This is the very crucial Pasuk, uh, part of the Pasuk of Moshe Hayaro, that Moshe was a shepherd. This is actually why, according to the Medjish Rabbah, Moshe Rabbeinu was chosen. Now we move on to source number two. Uh, this is also the Medjish Rabbah continuing. It's actually a little bit before in the Medjish Rabbah, uh, before the previous source, but it says, Mahu mimlechos hatzon what does it mean that they would um, the eating ups of the zone of the sheep? That when Moshe Rabbeinu was shepherd, he was not just you know your run of the mill shepherd. No, no, he would withhold the older sheep and allow the younger sheep to go first. And he would let the younger sheep go. They would eat the more soft. Uh, grass because they have um, their te- teeth aren't as developed, harder for them to get to the tougher spots. Then he would let the older ones, they would eat the medium sized grass. And then he would let out uh, the, the, the elderly, he would let out the senior sheep uh, so that they can eat the harder grass, so the, the ones that are harder to get to. That person who knows how to shepherd the sheep, each one according to its abilities, he is the person that I want to be shepherding my nation because a leader is supposed to be bringing out the individual capabilities and abilities of every single individual. And that was Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem looks at Moshe and he's like, these sheep, each one according to its abilities. This one can eat soft, this one can eat medium, this one can eat uh, 
the, the harder stuff. And therefore, uh, Moshe was looking at each one, how its abilities match what it was able to do. Hashem's like, that's the person that I want for the job. He's the leader. He can recognize the individual capabilities of each person. This person's a type A. He belongs in managerial position. This person is better uh, in uh, better with people. He belongs in HR. Uh, and same thing in the show, right? He knew how to speak to every single person differently according to their abilities. I want a leader who can utilize the abilities of every single person. Continues on the Medrash Rabbah. When Moshe was shepherding the sheep of Yisrael in the desert, Baruch Mimeno Gedi, what happened? Uh, one of the young, uh, one of the young, uh, one of the uh, the young goats ran away. Verot Acharav, and he ran after them. until he reached a place called Once he reached this faraway place, uh, it reached a um, a well, a, a wellspring of water. The Amanagadi Lishtos, the the goat, was started drinking, lapping up the water. Kevin Sheigia Moshe Etzla. When Moshe Rabbeinu finally panting, he catches up. He finally catches this goat that he's been chasing uh, for these few hours. I didn't know that you were running because you were so thirsty. Wow, you're so you must be so tired. He kivu al He picked up this this this. Uh, goat and he put it on his shoulders and he carried the goat on his own shoulders. Once again, Hashem says, you have the mercy to um, to lead my the, the sheep of just an ordinary person like this with such compassion. Unbelievable. Uh, by my life, you are going to be uh, shepherding the sheep of uh, of the Bnei Yisrael, Have Moshe Hayaro, and this is what it means, Moshe Hayaro. When it says that Moshe was a shepherd, it doesn't just mean that he was a shepherd of sheep. No, no, no. It means that he was also the person who was meant to be the shepherd of the Bnei Yisrael. He led them with such compassion. Um, just like that image of Moshe Rabbeinu carrying the sheep on his shoulders. That's how Moshe led the Jewish people. He carried them on his shoulders. He took the heavy burden in order to make the burden lighter for other people. That was Moshe Rabbeinu, why he was selected, why he's described as a roa, a shepherd, the simplest of all jobs. He was chosen specifically because of that, because it takes compassion, simplicity, humility. And, Hash- and Moshe Rabbeinu had this amazing uh, sense of empathy and compassion, and he was always searching for how he can make the load lighter for other people. Now, I want to point out the Sif Chaim in source number three. He says, Maspik Maisim. This is what the Sif Chaim asks. That there's so many actions. Also Moshe. That Moshe, Rabbeinu. Did. Where you can see the unbelievable, Mesiros uh, Nefesh, the unbelievable giving of his of his self, his his uh, his kochos, his abilities, his time, his effort, and he's no olim chavera, and he shows empathy. Uh, sharing the burden with other people. We find it over and over again in the, in the Pesukim later on, by Yar Losam, that when Moshe Rabbeinu, he's the, he's the prince, he's the, the adopted son of Paro, and he's living in the lap of luxury, everything's going well for him. What does the Pesuk say? No, 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 by Yar Losam, he sees the Jewish people in their 
burden in their difficulty. That he put his eyes and his heart, says Rashi, to be made to feel their pain. Despite him being in a position of luxury, he looked outside of himself and he looked at the pain and he shared and he showed empathy for other people that he is there with him. He's not going to enjoy it while he's looking at the pain of others. And then later on again, there's two people fighting and Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't bear to see one person hitting uh, his friend uh, and therefore he steps in uh, despite risking his own life. We find that Paro was after Moshe Rabbeinu after that. He, Moshe Rabbeinu knew he was risking his own life by stepping in. He couldn't bear to see the pain of another person. He felt he had to stand up, had to make a move, uh, had to step forward. And so too, when the people of Midian, they were bothering the, the daughters of Yisro, they wouldn't let her they let them feed by the well, uh, drink by the well. But, uh, so again, and they were uh, throwing rocks, I believe, as well. Uh, so Moshe Rabbeinu steps in uh, and he protects the daughters of, of, of Yisro and makes sure that they have water for their sheep to drink. And he also helps them as well to, to give their son to drink. But out of all of these, right, we have so many examples of how Moshe Rabbeinu does unbelievable feats, right? The fact that he is Yarbisiv Losam, that's unbelievable when he's in, living in the lap of luxury. The fact that he steps in, uh, puts his own life at risk when person is hitting his friend, Dasan and Aviram, boom, again, that's, a, that's incredible. And then again, by Anche Midian, Moshe Rabbeinu is the hero, again, of the story, right? So we have all these heroic acts of Moshe Rabbeinu, and yet out of all of these, why is Moshe Rabbeinu chosen? Because he was a Yeroeh because he was a shepherd, right? And he showed compassion and he dealt gently with the shepherd. And the question is, out of all the reasons for Hashem to choose Moshe Rabbeinu, before he selected him as leader, there are three or four other examples that are far more heroic than shepherding sheep and showing kindness to every individual sheep and dealing with them, each one according to its abilities and its age. So why out of all of these and does the Medrash point out and highlight that Moshe HaYeroah, that he was selected because he was the shepherd, shouldn't there be many other amazing heroic acts that Moshe Rabbeinu did? So now I want to point out source number four. We move on to the altar of Kelm and says the Saba Mikelm. Hasaba um, Mikelm Kosev says the Saba Mikelm. Uh, the altar of Kelm, Shatorah Mita'eres as Tir Chayev Shal Moshe, that the Torah is explaining the life of Moshe Vidafka Bifkiraso, Lemanik Hayusabiglav Misirusa Legdi. And specifically, the reason why Hashem chose Moshe Rabbeinu to be the leader of the Jewish people is because of the way he gave himself over to save this goat that had run off and put him on his shoulder. But hello, is that unbelievable? He risked his own life with Misiras Nefesh. Hamitri, and he steps in and he kills uh, the the Ish Mitzri who was who was hitting the 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 Jewish um, the Jewish slave until he had to actually run away to Midian. He had to give up his whole life, all his luxury, to kill this Mitzri uh, because he needed to stand up and he felt the pain of the Jewish slave, and therefore he needed to run away to Midian. Ivri, 
and the Chaira, it seems that such a strong act that shows the amount of the of of, of sharing the pain of another person in order to save a Jewish person who must pick time, that should be enough reason. That's something that makes a leader of the Jewish people. So why should Moshe have been elected as the leader of the Jewish people? It should have been because he risked his life and he killed his mitzri and he had to give up his whole luxury lifestyle uh, in order to stand up for what's right. That is a hero. That is a leader. That's why Hashem should chose him. But why then is the Pasuk uh, and the Medrash pointing out this extra element that he was a Roeh Hatzon and that's the reason why he was selected? We see from here an amazing and very foundational principle. That a person is not koveya, he doesn't set his level of avodas Hashem based on his amazing feats, his big uh, heroic acts. No, 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 that's not what makes a person great. Dafka hamaisim haketanim, specifically the small actions that a person does, the minutia, the tiny little micro achievements that a person does. Heim kovim esamajegaso. These are what are koveya, what sets a person's level um, of their of where they're holding in life. Umadua, why? Because when it comes to great, great deeds, right, great actions that we do, uh, amazing things, we give the shirt off our back, or we gave amazing amounts of tzedakah, um, or are we involved in doing a big project within the community, like building a mikvah or a shul or setting up a kolel. When we're involved in these amazing feats, what happens? A person gets a certain strength from it. There's a certain adrenaline rush. A person feels, wow, that motivation pulses through. I'm doing something big here. And the reason that brings him to actually do this, it's not really because because that's really where he's holding him. But because of the extra strength that he gets, so that he gets through doing the, the action, wow, this is a big accomplishment. That feeds them a lot of motivation. Who knows in law? That's what gives a person the strength and the motivation to do that action. And we know that when a person is at risk, we know about moms that have lifted cars um, to save their babies underneath the car. The persons can get unbelievable adrenaline and power and motivation. When it comes to saving a life, so therefore we see that when it comes to great actions that a person does, a person's fed extra motivation from seeing the outcome of their action. And when they see, oh my gosh, I'm about to do something amazing. I'm about to set up this kolel show, um, <laughs> do something incredible, make a million dollars, right? Make it a million dollars. That feeds a lot of person a lot of uh, motivation. Does that show that he's actually, you know, willing to put in the hard work in life? No, but they, you know, if he, if he can get a quick million, then he's going to be super motivated. Same thing when it comes to mitzvot. The big things we get a lot of motivation for, but the small things we have very little motivation for, and therefore we kind of run them over. It's the big things that we focus on. Those are the things that we're motivated where we spend our time and energy, and we end up kind of swiping the small things, allowing them to flow underneath our our watch, uh, and not really paying a lot of attention. 
uh, and energy and spending a lot of energy and focus on them. We know that a person every once in a while he can do amazing, amazing actions. But that is not what reflects what's going on inside of a person and where he's really holding in life. So if you really want to know where a person's holding in life, it's not the amazing one-off actions that he does. Specifically the things where a person doesn't really, isn't really focusing in any specific way and he's not putting a lot of attention in it. That's something, eh, you know, not a big deal, something that people would generally overlook. The day-to-day micro-actions that a person does similar to Moshe, right? This was his job. This was what he was doing from his nine to five. He was out watching sheep all day. Uh, you know, he didn't know Hashem is uh, judging every little action that he does. And now, in shepherding this sheep, which seems so simplistic, really not a big deal. I'm not helping the world or saving the world in any big way. And here, Moshe Rabbeinu is being doig. He's worrying about the every single individual sheep in just the right way and he's willing to carry them on his back and make sure that they're uh, that they're fed and given and given water in the right way there was very little motivation it was no kind of heroic act by him that's how Hashem judged um, his um, his selflessness to the sheep. So when Hashem was trying to judge what level of selflessness Moshe Rabbeinu is on, so if he looks at the amazing things that he's willing to step in uh, and kill the Mitzri that was uh, that was beating the Jew, so then, okay, maybe he got uh, extra motivation. He's like, okay, that person is about to die. I need to step in over here. He saw the push. He saw the importance. He got that adrenaline burst, and he was able to do an amazing heroic act. But when it comes to his day-to-day, what he's doing, nobody watching, nobody's around. It's so simple. They're just sheep. They're not even human beings. And if over there, Moshe Rabin is putting in all his attention, and he's giving himself over in such a selfless way, that shows that Moshe Rabin is truly on a level of selflessness. Now we move on to source number five, which get now which the Sifse Chaim here, he starts getting into the psychology behind why great actions don't really gauge a person's true madrega, really their level of where they're holding in life. Says the Sifse Chaim, the actions that we do within, uh, within a social atmosphere, within the people around us, when we're at shul or an event or a gathering or a kiddish. So the way we treat treat our kids over there does not, uh, we know, we treat our kids very different, or our parents, or our friends. The way we act when we're around other people uh, is very different because there's an influence that other people have and we want to portray a certain image of ourselves uh, within those parameters. So there's so many other Kavanos intentions that a person has when he does an action, right? When I give tzedakah and I'm in shul, 
my intentions, right? 10% of that is because, oh, it's actually a mitzvah. 20% is because it looks good and I want to be the giver man. Uh, and it could be, you know, another 30% uh, is because there's another guy in Shul and if he sees me giving tzedakah, then he's going to want to give to my kolel. And another 30% uh, is, be <laughs> uh, is because that's just the way I've been trained since I was born uh, to do that. And therefore, it feels good to me because I feel like I'm doing the right thing because since I was a kid, I got a positive feedback response every time I gave tzedakah. Uh, so you can have all those mix uh, of conglomeration of reasons behind why you, a simple act of giving tzedakah. So the margish also a good a person feels, oh man, I'm doing an amazing thing over here. Or maybe a person is doing it because, oh, people are going to give him kavod, or he has a, now he's able to develop a self-image that he's a good person. And it's only specifically when it comes to the small things that nobody else is watching between you and yourself. Shalom is Arav Etzlo Shum where there's no other little Kavanas uh, mixed in over there, over here. But Zenikaris Madriga Madriga Adam. It's here specifically where it's nicker, where it's recognizable the the level that a person is at. So if you want to know what you truly are at in life. Look at in your life the small actions that seem insignificant where nobody's looking around and ask yourself, oh, why, why am I doing those, right? Am I doing it with the right kavanos, with the right enthusiasm, with the right intention, or uh, am I just kind of breezing over them uh, and skipping over them, not putting a lot of thought and attention and energy into them. That's how a person knows what madriga, what level he's at in life. In his avodas Hashem. And there's also, you can add, that a person also, they do great actions. Even in the most private of places, but you, uh, you consider, uh, it's considerable. He considers his actions to be great. Just from the fact of knowing that, oh, I'm doing something great over here, right? Those, uh, the... Uh, like about a month ago, I was in bed. Uh, I remember that I had in Davin Marev that night, already in pajamas, in my shorts, uh, chilling in bed, bone, bone tired after a long day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to Davin Marev. I knew I should have done Mincha Marev together instead of waiting. Uh, and I challenged myself, okay, Ezra, you got to get out of bed uh, and, and, uh, and Davin Marev, right? So it would have been one thing for me to get out of bed and Davin Marev in my shorts, in my pajamas, right? But then, ah, oh, I can't Davin Hashem in pajamas. I got to put on a white shirt. But once I'm putting on a white shirt, oh, I also got to put on my tzitzis, button up. Uh, then, oh, I got to switch my pajama pants to real pants. And then it's another question, right? Am I going to tuck in my shirt and really look proper like I would speak in front of the king or am I just going to leave it untucked because I've already gone this far? I've already pushed myself so far. And there's another question. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm not wearing shoes. So should I just put on the flip-flops or the slip-ons or should I put on real shoes? Right? All these things are coming in. Uh, and at the end of the day, this particular circumstances, uh, this particular case, I was able to fully go the distance. But what really motivated me to go the distance? I would say 60% of that, maybe even more if I'm being real, 60% of that was because I felt, wow, what you're doing right now is incredible. Ezra, you were so tired. You were bone tired and you are going out of it. Not only did you get out of bed, but you also put on your shirt and you're going to look back at yourself and be like, wow, I felt so good. So where did my motivation came from? come from, right? Maybe 30% was actually focused 
focused on Hashem and Hashem, I want to be my full Ever Hashem. 70% of that, perhaps even more, uh, came from the fact that I want to feel good about myself afterwards. Uh, know that I can push myself and also came to the fact that oh, I know I'm doing something so difficult right now, Ezra, you rock, right? Uh, so in this case, so much of the motivation came not from uh, the the wanting to connect to Hashem uh, himself uh, and serve Hashem in the best way possible, but it came from the fact, oh, wow, I'm doing something so amazing, uh, and I respected myself and felt good from it, from that. Uh, so uh, that's what he's saying over here, that when a person does great actions, it also doesn't reflect. He's getting very deep into the psychology here, and this is why I love Sif Sechaim so much, because uh, he always just dives right into the psychology behind things uh, and gets so deep and so to the point, uh, and he really just pulls out uh, the element of what it's all about. And in this case as well, uh, the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu is judged for the minutia, for the small things, is because it's that little thing where you don't get that extra feel good about yourself, that extra motivation, that extra uh, the extra shine and glean from doing something amazing. Wow, you're so great that you came out of bed. Uh, if, if all that is aside and you're focusing on the small things in life, that's where a person can recognize what level he's at in his Avodah Hashem. And now he continues on with the story of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. I'll read the story outside uh, for the sake of time. That they were t- they were a story about Rabbi Yisrael Salanter that they wanted him to come out and be mafarsim him and to publicize him to the world. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's greatness. That way people can hear shiurim by him and they can all flock him and they can all um, absorb his wisdom. So Rabbi Yisrael says, no, 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 it's better not to, uh, not to be Megalami. Why? Because if, if, they, if they reveal me as being a tzaddik, so then I'm, uh, I'm going to immediately fall from the level that I was holding in my Avodah Hashem. Why? Because everything that I'm holding in my Madragan life is because I hold myself to be a hidden tzaddik. This is his uh, his chizik. And if they reveal me, so then I'm not going to have this uh, feeling of being a hidden tzaddik. And he's not going to be as focused on his avodah Hashem. So it can be that a person does actions in, uh, privately, and actually that is what gives him uh, the extra motivation because he feels, oh, Oh, I'm doing this privately. Wow, look how great I am. Uh, so that extra motivation, that extra feel good is really what's driving him. It's not coming so much from the the pure intention of connecting to Hashem through the mitzvah. So who knows really what is going on within a person, how many different intentions you have mixed in to every individual intention that you do. You give tzedakah, I'm sure there's about four different intentions that are being mixed in there, possibly even far greater and far more. Uh, you uh, davening with uh, shuckling and extra kavana. 
a lot of that is you know previous training and how messaging uh, and wanting to look good and feeling good about yourself right so there's all these other intentions that are getting mixed into every single action that we do have a maisem katanim upeutim but it's specifically the small seemingly insignificant actions that a person does, the way a person works on his 9 to 5 job where he does not give them a lot of chashivas, the way a person uses uh, the restroom or the way a person eats, right? Those are things that he's overlooking. Everybody's got to eat. No, no, that's where you look to see if a person is really chashiv, to see if a person uh, is really holding in their madrega, right? And uh, when they're on the way and you say, well, we got to go and they're in a rush and then where's where's his bracha at? What level of kavana? That's where you judge a person. Uh, the asher yatsar that you say uh, three to six times a day, uh, again, you know, that's where, oh, He's doing it all the time. It seems significant. I use the bathroom all the time. No, that's where you see where a person's mandrega is. Kedugma, kedugmas miratzon, just like Moshe Rabbeinu, the way he shepherded the the sheep. They would never recognize the great, the goodness that Moshe did for them. Uh, the fact that he took them on their shoulders, the umazos, maisa, mesiris, nefesh, barigas, amitri. But the amazing heroic act of Moshe Rabbeinu saving, uh, saving the Jewish person and killing the mitri, killing the Egyptian in Kol Golda Hanoseb. Oh, Yes, it was so amazing. The Noseb, oh, and the empathy that he was able to feel for the other. That is not what shows the true level uh, of Avodah Hashem that Moshe Rabbeinu was at. For that, Hashem specifically looked at the small, insignificant minutia. Now, I want to show another example from the Parsha where we also find that people are judged based on the small actions. And it's amazing because there's two separate uh, examples right from this week's Parsha. The second example is from Shifra and Pua, the doulas that were giving birth um, to the to the Jewish people despite Paro's uh, decree um, to throw them all into the Nile and to kill them. So says the Pasuk and Shemos, uh, So uh, Paro calls over uh, the the Jewish doulas, and he says one of them's name is Shifra, one of them's name is Pua. Why are they called Shifra and Pua? And he tells them when the Jewish people give birth on the birthing stool, uh, make sure you kill them. Uh, <coughs> and we know, of course, that they they didn't listen. Uh, so why are they called Shifra and Pua? We know that there are really Yocheved and Miriam. If they're really Yocheved and Mur- Miriam, why are we giving them these code names? Says the Medrash Rabbah. Uh, the Pasuk says that they didn't listen to Paro and they left the babies alive and they gave the babies life. So if you already say that they didn't listen to Paro, so then why do you have to say that they gave the babies life? Also, what does it mean that they gave the babies life? There's a, a praise within a praise. That no, no, it wasn't enough that they didn't uh, follow Paro's words, but they even did beyond what but what they were what they needed to do to keep the babies alive. That there were many of them that were poor. These Jewish women, they're slaves. They don't have a lot of money. So what would the doulas do? They would go and they would start a collection, a food train, where they would get water and food from the houses of those who had a little bit more, and they would bring them to those who were poor, and they would make sure 
that the kids would have every one of their needs in order to live um, a, a vibrant life. So that's what it means. The Pasuk stresses that it wasn't just that they that they didn't listen to Paro. No, they brought life to those kids. They would collect from one and bring it to another. That is uh, the, the amazing thing uh, of what Shifra and Pua did. Um, and says the Sif Chayim, that the shame in source number eight, shame who magders mehusa adam, when we a per, a, a, the name of a person is what um, what uh, shows the essence of what that person is all about. There are many people in the Torah. Uh, look at Yisro. Uh, look at Moshe Rabbeinu. Sometimes we call him Avigdor. Sometimes we call him Moshe. Sometimes uh, we uh, we give him other names as well. Uh, same thing with Yisro. I believe he had uh, six or eight different names. Uh, so Yisro also has all these other names. Each one of their names shows a different bechina, um, a different element uh, that that person showed. Shifra and Pua. We didn't want to call them by their proper names, Miriam and Yocheved. No, no, no. We call them Shifra and Pua. Why? Because the name is the essence of the person. And right over here, their job was that they did chesed to other people. The Torah wants to pull out that that was their essence. They were all about being meshaper the blood, wiping off the vernix, uh, which is like the the sticky substance that's on the baby's skin when it comes out of the when it when it uh, when a woman gives birth. Uh, so they would wipe it off. They would be meshaper. They would beautify the skin, make sure it's all clean, shiny, super cute. Uh, and that was Shifra, be Meshapar the Vad, Pua, would make the poo-poo sound and uh, make the baby happy when it was crying and take all the pressure off of the mom uh, who was trying to stop the baby from crying. Oh, I'll help you out. I know you're exhausted. That was Pua's job. Uh, she was a professional baby happier person um, so so and that's that was their essence at the time when they would do this that was literally what they put their whole soul into and that's why the torah calls them shifra and pua not yochev and miriam because they were all about doing chesed and making these babies happy but still ask the sifse chayim why are we calling him shifra and pua which is the smallest things that these that the doulas did, that, that Yochavet and Miriam did. That was such an insignificant thing. The fact that they would wipe the vernix, of course, okay, big deal. It's a little bit out of the way. The fact that poo-poo, you know, maybe the babies were just cute. Why is it such a big deal that the Torah is, out of all the things that they did, they were literally Messiris Nefesh. They literally risked their own lives in order to uh, to, to help give birth to these babies and not to put them to death and to help the moms hide them. They put their life at risk in order to save Jewish children. And the Torah is giving them their name, their core essence of what they're all about, specifically based on these tiny little side things that they did that they would wash the baby or the fact that they would 
uh, calm down the baby from crying. They could have, they should have called them a uh, healer woman uh, or savior woman uh, or you know life uh, life rescue Red Cross lady. Right? There are so many other names that we could have given to them, which would have reflected on the amazing heroic act of mysterious nefesh that they did. Why are we specifically naming them based on these tiny little side things? No, no, no. Saving saving lives in Klai Yisrael still doesn't show who they truly are in their panemius, who they truly are inside. Dafka. Specifically, the small, insignificant actions, that's what really shows a person's madriga. They didn't just worry about the birds of giving birth to these babies. And then, okay, got to go to my next appointment. They gave over themselves fully to the babies, even after that, even after they fulfilled their heroic duties. This is what shows their true, uh, amazing, amazing <laughs> level uh, of the chesed that they were on. This doesn't mean that, of course, Hashem gives schar for every single thing that a person does. And we know that according to the pain that a person has to suffer in doing the, 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 in doing the mitzvah, and the more he has to put himself out there, and the more he has to push himself, that is the reward. Yes, that's true. Heroic actions, they're well rewarded, and they're amazing. But here we're not talking about the level of schar, level of reward that a person gets. But we're talking about the level that a person is truly inside, through and through. And that is kovea, that is established specifically based on the small, seemingly insignificant actions that they do. Zebite. This is what showed the avodas alev, the heartfelt uh, service of Hashem that Shifra and Pua, Yocheved and Miriam really felt and what they were all about. So now we're going to finish off. <coughs> Source number nine. Um, uh, finishes off the Sif Sechayim. We think that specifically the amazing uh, strength-filled actions, that's what about Kovea, a person's actions. We don't give real chashivas, real importance, sense of importance, the small things that we do day in, day out, um, how we treat the cash register lady uh, or our maids that are working at our house or the simple people in our life. Amnam. It's also for us to degrade the small actions that we do. Uvedavka says the Sifsechayim. Lasim is a dugish to specifically put the focus of your life. Al osa maisim katanim on those small actions that you do. Vegam sha osim maisim gedolim. And even when a person does big actions, a person's focus should not be on the greatness of his action, but on the tzura, on the on the way that he does it, and in the quality of the action that he does. Are you going to be a person who does it, who does it in its totality? Are you going to follow through? Right? Are you going to host that guest and then go out of your way and then walk him out the door? Or is it just going to be, oh, I did something amazing by hosting that guest. Uh, no need to do it with Shlemas. No, no. So even when you're doing something great, something big, you're hosting that Nebuch person, but make sure that you do it uh, in the best quality and in the best, um, in the best way 
possible. וכך גם הדיקטוק במצוות ואפילו בדברים קטנים ושוליים נסבונן. אם מבטאים אצלנו אס חביבס המצווה, when a person does even the smallest מצוות, that is what truly expresses the love of מצוות that a person has. הדבר מאמורם הם בבין אדם למקום. This goes both with אדם למקום, הן בבין אדם לחברו, and also between man and his other friend. המייסם הקטן להר פנים לחברו, like giving a person a smile when you walk by him, this onion, בחברו, to ask a person, hey, how you doing? To reach out of your comfort zone in order to reach out to others and make them feel uh, significant. Make sure that there's no needs that are, your friend doesn't have. Check in with them randomly. That's what shows the real madriga, the real level that a person has of empathy for others, of being no And so too, when it comes between you and Hashem, it's specifically the minutia of the mitzvah, how you do it, which hand you do first, the tiny little details, that's what shows the real completion of doing the mitzvah, whether you put on shoes uh, when you ask after you wake up to Davin Marev from, from falling asleep in bed, that's what shows uh, the true madriga, penimas, inner madriga of a person. There are so many different levels between uh, externality and really, truly being a real yid inside. And when we know how to look at the real quality and penimas and insights of an action, when a person really gets down every doing uh, the mitzvot with true quality, true intention, even the smallest ones, that's what gives a person a sense of importance in all of the avodas Hashem that he does. And that's when a person can really do it from a true place of tara, of purity, of just pure desire and connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to the Almighty.